Hey, this is Dawn from Reaching Women Everywhere. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to be discussing Kent Crockett's book called Slaying the Giants with Debbie Snyder. I have an excerpt from our discussion. We're going to be listening to it over the next several podcasts. So let's welcome Debbie. In Matthew chapter 6, 15, I wrote down a little phrase here, but I'd rather read it. And if you have a scripture you want to start us out with too, Debbie. No, that um, I, I have, I have Matthew six as well, but go ahead. I'm, All right. I'm... Which um, I, I was looking at 14 and 15. It's what it's following uh, on uh, verse nine through 13 is the Lord's prayer. Uh, Our father in heaven, how be thy name. Most people are very familiar with that, whether they are churchgoers or believers or not. Um, and verse 14 says, for if you forgive others, their trespasses and their, their sins, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others and the amplified says, nurturing your hurt and anger with the result that interferes with your relationship with God, then your father will not forgive you your trespasses. That's powerful because what it's saying is that that hurt that you have, he's not saying that you, you weren't hurt. He's not saying that. You know, he's recognizing that somebody did you wrong, but he's saying, but because you nurture that and, and with an anger, with the result that interferes with your relationship with God and whether you can think of somebody offhand, how that is affecting their life or whether it's yourself personally, uh, there's nothing that we should ever allow to come between us and the Lord. And he doesn't there. He says that his love for us, there's nothing that can separate from that. We don't ever want anything to come between us and him. And so this is this is a big deal. He, you know, he tells us even when we go to come to communion, to have communion and partake of the bread and um, the wine or, or whatever, however people have it at their church. Uh, he says, make sure that you don't have anything in your heart against anybody and make sure that you your forgiveness is taken care of in your heart first. Like it is always uh, predominant in our life. He's always saying, you know, make sure you take care of your, it's a heart issue. So take care of that first. What, what scripture were you looking at in, in chapter six? Well, I was looking at, at Matthew six twelve, which is part of the Lord's prayer. And um, mm-hmm. just something I, I jotted down. Um, you did state that it's, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debt debtors. Um, and this, I wrote down that this forgiveness must be for all types of debts, not just the big ones. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes we will read God's word and we'll say, oh, that scripture really doesn't pertain to um, something like that. That's a little bit too, you know, minuscule for, for scripture to be applied to it. So, you know, I, I had jotted down some um, owe debt of gratitude. You know, some people owe debts of apology. Mm. Some people owe debts of money, right. you know? So it's, it's not only um, like in this, like you, you, you read that and, and you might pertain it to a certain, a certain um, debt, but it's really, it's really all of it. And, and I just want to read, you know, with that scripture in the book, um, there was a paragraph that was really, um, uh, I thought was revealing to me. It says to forgive people of these debts, we must quit expecting them to repay us. Mm. Instead, we choose to free them 
of their obligations, just as the king did. And that king that he's speaking of is is that story, which we may get into, Dawn, is um, uh, when the king released the slave of, of, of his debt. But mm-hmm. to just go on with this paragraph, we take our hands off their necks. We stop choking them, trying to get them to repay. And we make a deliberate decision to swallow the debt ourselves and never again ask them to repay it. If you will do that, God will more than make up the difference for you. Yeah, that's faith to do that. Yeah. I mean, that's why you've got to get in the word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And believe that because we just told you that (laughs) you got, you have to read the word and let the Holy spirit permeate your heart and, and believe what God, that God is who he says he is and means what he says. Yes, absolutely. I I thought that was when, when I, when I started thinking about that and I said, there are all types of debts that, you know, that he's telling us we must forgive. And, um, you know, we have to, we have to look at that because, you know, the, 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 the unforgiveness keeps us in an angered state, which is, you know, is, is obviously not good for our, our, our health. Right. Um, so there, there's so many different uh, domino effects that follow um, if you don't cut it off right at the source, which is that unforgiveness. Um, I'm, I'm going to go back to your, to verse 12 that you were talking about. And I, I I've mentioned before, I used Amplified. After it says forgiven our debtors, in parentheses, it says let go of both the wrong and the resentment. That resentment is what you're talking about. Yes. Because it's that, that's how bitter, like you said, that's how bitterness, bitter root form. And, and then it grows into a fruit. And you think of the fruit that comes from a bitter root. It's not what you want in your life. Yes. Whether the fruit, like you said, could be a health issue. Uh, I had uh, a health issue myself years ago. I had unforgiveness in my life and I had migraines. And I was in bed for a couple of days. It was, it was horrible. And God revealed to me as I was spending time in his word. And I wasn't necessarily seeking an answer for that. Uh, but being in his word and spending time with him, he revealed to me, it was a source of unforgiveness. He told me in my heart, uh, very specifically how to handle it. Uh, and I, the way I say that, if, in case people think that sounds strange, saying that it, when you're when you're praying to the Lord and you don't have an answer and you're praying and then you get one <laughs> that wasn't your idea, that's how he, he talks to you. Yeah. And and actually what I'll tell you what the Lord put on my heart was write this person a letter sharing what upset you and then write them another letter and tell them what I, I mean, what God did for you and how he forgave you your, and you're doing the same to them because you don't want the thought that went through my mind was, I don't want anyone to hold all of my sins against me for the rest of my life. So who am I to do that to somebody else? And look what Jesus did for me. Yep. So it was, it was freeing. And I, yeah. I freed them. My migraine stopped. Wow. The, really? The, oh, the relationship was became restored I mean, it was a gradual but where the relationship became restored completely but it was i had to obey i had to let it go if i did not let it go i could still probably have migraines to this day i'm convinced of it because it, like you said you're you're flogging that person and going yes. in and you're you're putting yourself through that trauma yep. over over and over again 
And what it reminds me of, Dawn, is, is Matthew 18, verse 18. Um, whatever we bind on earth shall oh. be bound in heaven. Whatever we loosed on earth, we shall, shall, shall be loosed in heaven. And that, that verse, just mm. literally, I had revelation of that, that verse last week while I was studying in, in this book. Because um, what, what God, what the Holy Spirit spoke to me about this, I didn't really understand it until now that when, when we release something into the heavenly realm, we are now allowing it to be worked through, through God where when we bind it on earth, we're, we're allowing our own um, abilities to handle the situation. We're not releasing it. So when you release, when you release that, that unforgiveness or that person say that is in the dungeon of your heart, mm -hmm. when you release them and you're no longer binding them on this earth, now God works through and that's when you start to see miracles happen. And your miracle was your migraine headaches went away. You know, right. someone else's miracle could be, you know, in a, in a different form, whatever it is that they need a miracle for. But, but that's when the true, um, mm -hmm. true miracles uh, reveal themselves when, when we release that. And I just thought that was so profound when well, you're welcome. You're welcoming God for natural way into our into our natural life mm -hmm. when you're when you're doing that you know those scriptures that uh cast your care on him because he cares for you don't worry. you know be anxious for nothing but let your request be made known unto god like he's saying look come to me i'm here i have answers i want to help you <laughs> he doesn't want us constantly um you know in in matthew 6 25 it says therefore i tell you stop being worried or anxious perpetually uneasy, distracted about your life. You know, he's, he's telling us, look, I got, I have the answers. And this word is chock full. It, it just, uh, I am, I'm humbled by just all of that. I've read through just this study here on, on forgiveness. You can't, you can't exhaust it at all. Uh, in Luke 17, three and four, pay attention, be on guard for one another. If your brother misses the mark, tell him, reprove him. And if he repents and feels sorry, forgive him. You must forgive each time and give up resentment and consider the offense recalled and annulled, which means it's like what God does for us is he forgives our sins as far as the East is from the West. He's calling us, especially as believers, to have that same standard. Yes. Yeah. If, if, and, and he's telling us the, the benefits of it. But he's also showing us you know, what's going to happen if you don't. If you, if Luke 18, if you exalt, uh, 14 says, if we exalt ourselves, we'll be humble. humble ourselves, we'll be exalted. And and in that, just as a side note, in that scripture itself, it's it's hard. I've always struggled with that with that verse in that, look, I don't, well, if I'm humble, then I, I don't want to be exalted. <laughs> so, yeah. But what he's saying is, you know, you're, you're going to think about that other person more than yourself. Even the people that you don't want to forgive or are struggling with forgiveness, you're going to humble yourself and have compassion for them and, and forgive them, pray for them. So then God, like, I love that dungeon uh, scenario, uh, 
the Those... dungeon. Yeah, when when the, when they're in the dungeon of our heart, and you know, we also have to remember that vengeance is is the Lord's. You know, right. Romans Romans twelve nineteen. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, "Vengeance is mine, and I will repay," says the Lord. Right. So, you know, we sometimes hold on to that unforgiveness because we think in our minds we're you know we're controlling that vengeance we're we're you know uh trying to either teach them a lesson or whatever it is and that's that's not the way we do it we have to release them allow god the vengeance belongs to him you know i i think it's hard a lot when we get our feathers ruffled because we see him and we know the Lord personally, we, we know the kind of mercy he has. And, and if you're mad, you don't want them to have God's mercy necessarily. And I think of Jonah uh, with Nineveh, you know, they were evil, evil people. Who oh, were yes. Heinous, horrible things. And he was bent that God was going to forgive them and have compassion on him. And he, you know, he's like, no, 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 these people deserve punishment. God and he's telling God how to handle it, you know, and he, you know, we, we do that, I think in our minds, like, well, this one, this, this wrong that was done is on a certain level, you know, cause we, we, in our brains, our humanness, we definitely grade sin um, as far as one is much worse than another. And I think most people would agree that they are, but uh, in God's eyes, sin is sin. Cause sin is, sin is separate god you cannot so anything that keeps us separate from god is terrible I, I don't know how else to put it so here you know we're we need to have compassion um through and ask god for his compassion and his eyes and his uh sense of and his forgiveness because i don't think we can do this on our own we just we innately not have it in us to carry this out these these uh almost these commandments these ideas of of walking in love it's it's not naturally in us and no, no this is this is why we need jesus so he came and god gave and that's why god gave us jesus christ and he's he gave us the greatest picture of, of forgiveness yes. by dying for us while we were yet still sinners and, and shedding his body and being accused and beaten and uh, just beyond what our minds can comprehend. Yes. Like, I mean, John, John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. Right. Right. And, and I have come, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have and it. life, have it full, mm-hmm. you know, have it, have it full. Um, you know, what happens is Satan is going to remind us time after time after time, we're going to have that video play in our minds over and over again of what that person did, sort of like hitting the play button on a DVR and mm. continually, continually just rerun and rerun. And, and what that's doing is it's just, it's literally just, just having them go deeper and deeper into that dungeon as if there's like levels mm. of, of floors of your dungeon and, and, you know, they may start out at, at on floor one, but then they keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. And before you know it, they're so deep that, that, that without the spirit of God, without the God working through you, there's no way they're going to be unchained. There's no way. And I think 
in a, in, a, in a strange way, we get used to that and it almost becomes something that is, is such part of us. We don't want to let it go because it's, it's familiar as, as it's familiar. As exactly. It sounds it's, you know, it's part of who we are and, you know, it's, it, there's, it's a crucifying of the flesh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there's something I wanted to share too, which kind of came to my mind as we're illustrating this um, in, in marriage per se, you, we have this misconception, I think that, especially if you marry another believer and God directed you to be together, that this person is going to just, you know, be perfect. <laughs> and, and it's so not true because none of us are. And God, I, I think it well not, I think, but in the word, there's this thread of restoration. That's why, you know, he came, the Jesus came uh, and died on the cross to restore what was broken and lost. And in forgiveness, things are, are restored. Well, in, in marriage, God showed me this actually not too long ago in my heart that the restoration process is ugly before. So if you take like a piece of furniture, it's stripped, it has to be sanded. You, you go through a process to get and then polishing to get it to a, a restored place. Uh, mm-hmm. But when it's done, it's it's beautiful and it, it's purposeful. It has um, it, it can be, you know, it, it's it can be used again. And often it's, you know, when it's restored, it's uh, original or even better, you know, it's pristine, you know, we're, we're in that restorative uh, process constantly. And in a marriage, if we can keep that perspective, I think dealing with spouses, it just puts it in perspective. Like we're in this together and that God put two people together to work towards eternity and that you're going to go through garbage together and you're going to help sink each other's edges down and, and you're, you know, strip things away. And sometimes sins are revealed. Sometimes uh, bad attitudes are revealed. And so instead of taking offense and letting unforgiveness settle in, or this person hurt me, if we can look at it as a, as a, a process of being restored and letting God and that God expose something so that we can take care of this thing, this thing or whatever it is. And now we can go forward to the next and, and grow in Christ together as one. Mm-hmm. But often uh, people, even good, good marriages, they're still, they're not functioning as one. Uh, instead of thinking we're a unit together and we're, in this together and through the ugly and okay, your sins exposed and that really hurt me. But, and so now I'm going to go my way and I'm going to put this wall up because I don't deserve to be hurt. You know? So I think that's the human response and it, it's logical and it makes sense. And uh, most people wouldn't disagree with you and, and you could probably find scripture to back you pull it out, <laughs> but that's wrong. The yeah. whole, God, the whole is that God wants to restore and, and, uh, in marriage, he looks at two people as one. And so I, this was just one tiny analogy that I can share. I, I kept it kind of vague, but the, the God showed me because, you know, we're going to deal with issues in life and we're going to get our feelings hurt. And he tells us how to deal with that. But if we can keep that perspective that it's not, it is personal, but it, it's, it's supposed to lead us to eternity. And if we can look at the other person with that compassion, like in our marriage and say, I love you so much. I want to, 
you know, I, I want to help you through this. And I just think of it as just restoring a piece of furniture. And if you can look at it that way, it's like, okay, we're just getting rid of these rough edges, you know? And of course, it, you know, I'm, I'm speaking as a whole of two hearts that really want to work towards eternity, two hearts that want to live for the Lord. I'm not talking about abusive situations where, um, that are outside of, of God or that where sin is well. That's not what I'm talking about. And that's a whole other discussion for another time. Uh, but this is just, this is God centered. Yes. Yeah. Idea. And, and at times justice, at times justice is, um, the first thing that we think of, you know, we just want justice, um, in a situation, but, um, you know, justice is good at times, but mercy is better. Yeah. Mercy is always better. Um, you know, James two thirteen for judgment will be merci- merciless to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So like in, in say in terms of, of a marriage, um, a lot of times I know I personally, um, I gravitate towards the justice side. Like I want to see justice. If, if my husband did something wrong or, or didn't do something that I expected him to do. I mean, that's another thing God revealed to me is that um, I was holding my husband in a dungeon because of things that I expected him to do or say to me. And he never did. So mm-hmm. I was holding him captive for that. And meanwhile, you know, rather than look at it mercifully where, you know, whatever it is that I was expecting, he might've been in a different state at that point. So, you know, he just wasn't, wasn't thinking of, of saying that. So, but now I'm holding him dungeon and that because I'm holding mm-hmm. him there, it's becoming bitter and then it becomes anger. And then, it, you know, it just gets, again, it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And then those are harder to, um, to bring to the surface, to be dealt with. They, they're so deep. And then, and then that's where it causes problems. And, and you're so much farther from where you actually want to be. Yes. Yes. You know, and in, um, in first Peter four, eight, it says, have intense love for one another for love covers a multitude of sins, forgives and disregards the offenses of others, which that is so hard to disregard. Like it didn't happen, you know, like, and, and in first Corinthians, uh, chapter 13 is we call the love chapter. It de- really defines what love is. And it says, love holds no record of wrong. Uh, that is the one that goes through my brain. Yes. Is, love holds no record of wrongs. No you checklist. <laughs> no checklist. I, I struggle because I'll tell my husband, I'm like, oh, I want to talk to you about this. But I, but look, but it says love holds no record of wrongs. So I guess I'm supposed to, <laughs> I'm supposed, supposed to, to let it go. Yeah. I'm and, supposed to let it go. And so, I mean, I'm very real about it. And but it's a struggle because our, our brain can remember. So it's really um, a sacrifice. And it's when you, I, my advice uh, to myself and, and to anyone else is to pray because, and pray for the person you're mad at, because when you bring them to the foot of the cross, it's very hard to stay angry mm-hmm. when you're praying on behalf of that person in a way. Oh, there's something, something supernatural that happens when you're praying for your enemy. You know, it really, I mean, I, I've had it happen to me several times in my life and to just release it. And again, going back to, um, to the scripture of Matthew, to, to 
not to bind it on this earth to release it and allow God to heal and God yeah. to work through it. And that's the answer. And if that's- I, yeah, cause you're inviting the Lord. He does wait on us. He, he does. He, he is right there, but you're inviting him to into the situation. And, and we did say enemy right following um, spouses. We're not saying our spouses are enemy by any means. It's just anything that is in our brain that's opposing um, in our, in our minds, you know, and, and mm-hmm. there are, <clears throat> there are enemies in the, one of the illustrations from Kent Crockett's book, we read the pastor who was being persecuted by a gentleman who was, was this in a third world country that um, he was going to be, I don't know if you remember. <laughs> wait, wait, is it, was it in a different chapter? Oh, you know what? Oh, chapter. It could be from another something else, but I was reading the, I was reading this the other day, so I'm sorry. I'm not remembering where it's from. No, that's okay. But it's where anyways, the guy's going to be executed. This had to be in a different, uh, obviously uh, time period. And he traveled extensively to get to where this was happening to have this guy pardoned. And, oh, Oh, yes. Yes. yes, yes. That was this. That was this chapter. I thought. And so oh, it was under George Washington. Okay. And he yes. went to say, look, because it was during the battle. And he said, I want this guy pardoned. And he's like, I'm not going to pardon your friend. And he said, he's not my friend. The guy is my greatest enemy. Oh, well, General Washington thought, okay, well, that kind of sheds a whole different light on, on things and pardoned the guy. And he, the person quest the pardon had to then take that letter and, and go miles and miles. Oh, I don't remember how long it was. No, it was a ways. It was was a long ways. And he got there just as the gentleman was being led to be executed and, and pardoned him. And that it was, it was a really good illustration because it's what Jesus did. He died for the people who were killing him and, and condemning him and saying he was blasphemous. And when we, live a life that, and we turn our back, when people turn their back on God and they say, there is no God, or even we even as believers are living blind or separate. I, I shouldn't say it. Believers should not ever be living separate from the Lord. We, but you know, we don't want to get caught up and let anything in our life take a, take away from the relationship that we have with God and all anyways, anybody who is in any stage, whether anti-God or absolutely head over heels in love with God, Jesus died for everyone and right where they are. And that is exactly what he did. He, he went, he came all the way. He had, he left heaven. He didn't have to do that. He came here and, and then gave his life for us so that we can have a life in Christ and a relationship with God, the father that is is restored now and it's hard we have to question would we do that for, would you do that for the person that you're angry with right, right now right and we, we talked you know we talked about you know jesus being crucified on on the cross for every single one of our sins every single one and at that moment he's asking the father to forgive us because we we don't we don't know what we're doing but it it was that compassion mm-hmm. that Christ had that's the key 
It's when we feel compassion is when we're merciful. So again, it's that always looking um, to keep that compassion at the front and, and the, the forgiveness will easily follow. And that's what he displayed on the cross. And, and, and that's, that's literally how we're to walk. We are, we are, we are working to become more and more like Christ. And that example on the cross is it in regards to forgiveness. I mean, in regards to forgiveness, that's, that's the picture. That, that is the ultimate forgiveness. And we want to have that heart and spirit. Yes. God is never going to call us to do what Jesus did at, at the cross. Cause it was, <laughs> we couldn't, it, but he is calling us to live a life as he has shown us how to live a life, a walk in love and walk in love. Um, I think a good verse to close out with is in Colossians 3, 12 and 13 says, so as God's own chosen people who are holy and set apart for his purpose as well beloved by God himself, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, which has the power to endure whatever injustice or unpleasantness comes, but with good temper, <clears throat> bearing graciously with one another and willingly forgiving each other. If one has cause for complaint against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so should you forgive. Yeah. And you know, it just, it, uh, the Holy Spirit just put this on my heart just now, the vision, you know, throughout Jesus Christ's life, he displayed so many different examples but what was the very last example that he displayed on the cross? And that was forgiveness. That's right. Right. I mean, what yes. a thought that is the last when he right. was in forgive human them. form, when he was in human form. What he displayed to us in his last breaths was forgiveness. And he said, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. Yeah. And I, and that is a great, a great encouragement. When mm -hmm. we have people who hurt us and wrong us with a heart of compassion, if we could just pause and say, Lord, I forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And not because not, not in a smart alecky way, you know, and, and honestly, you know, if, if, uh, if they're not living for the Lord and, and you're trying to, they're not going to be on the same page. They're not going to have the same moral compass and um, they're not going to be being led by the spirit. So that's one thing to take into consideration. And if they are a believer, you know, even more so. Lord, you know, touch their heart, you know? Yes. He eyes to see what's happening in this situation. Make sure I see things clearly. Yes. And make my heart be a heart of, of love. And, and, you know, we just want to walk out this, this earth walk. For and and the way we do that, the way we do that in, is, is walking in the spirit. You know, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, mm -hmm. faithfulness, faithfulness, self-control. I missed one. Goodness goodness. So there's nine of them. And if we focus on those, I think we touched on it last week. Um, we will, you know, we, we certainly will. We will. Well, he's, he's calling us to live a life that actually seeks out the best for others. And you can't do that in bitterness and un unforgiveness. And so we want to encourage everybody to see Christ <laughs> and walk in forgiveness. Yes. Not it, it's, it's very hard think what we're to do it almost feels impossible especially we're in in that situation but he's he's telling us that he's going to do it through us if we yield to him he's going to carry this out that's the key yielding to him
All right. This was awesome. We can do this all day. <laughs> yes, exactly. We can. We can. But thank you so much for having me, Dawn. God bless, Debbie. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you too. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today at Reaching Women Everywhere, and we will see you back here next week. God bless.